We take our Bibles tonight and we turn to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 7. And in our Forms and Prayer book, we turn to page 252 to Lord's Day 45. Lord's Day 45, and I'll read for us before we read uh, from Matthew chapter 7 uh, these four questions and answers of Lord's Day 45. Why do Christians need to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us, and also because God will give His grace and His Holy Spirit only to those who continually and with heartfelt longing ask God for these gifts and thanking for them. How does God want us to pray so that He will listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God who has revealed himself to us in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask him. Second, we must fully recognize our need and misery so that we humble ourselves in his majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord, as he has promised in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of him? Everything we need, spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord has taught us. What is this prayer? Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In light of this, Lord's Day, we're going to read, uh, beginning in verse 1 of Matthew 7. And it's in particular verses 7 through 11 that we will take into account here. But our Savior commands us, Judge not, that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye, when there is a log in your own eye. You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, 
and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. For which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This Father reading of God's holy and infallible word. You'll be helped just to leave your Bible open to this passage as we refer back to what our Savior taught us here. The Catechism has moved from the commandments to the Lord's Prayer. And these were typical, central in the explanations of catechisms. Catechisms explain the Christian faith using the Apostles' Creed, mostly. They explain to us the Christian life and the importance and the place of God's law, and they explain for us the importance of prayer. And it's really the beauty of catechisms that it gives us the basics of the Christian life in light of these three uh, standards, forms, I don't know what to call them, models. The expression of faith as the church has confessed it, the law of God as it explains for us both the nature of sin but also the nature of our thankfulness, and the Lord's Prayer in which Christ gives us the model prayer to shape our lives. And the reason why catechisms explain this is because this is the basic of being a child of God. How do I pray? Jesus taught us how to pray. And it is there in that understanding where our prayer life needs to begin to be shaped by taking seriously this prayer that Christ has given us. Now, as we make this transition from the commandments to prayer, 
The Catechism wants us to understand the basics of prayer. Why we need to pray, the kind of manner in which we need to approach God as we approach Him in prayer. And then in general, for us to understand what to pray for, what should be the content of our prayers. So, what we have here is really basic instruction that every disciple, follower of our Lord Jesus Christ needs. Now let's begin and talk about why we need to pray. Now, we need to pray because we're commanded to pray. Jesus here in this passage, in the typical beautiful way in which our Savior is able to take our language and use it in such a powerful way, so simply. It's impossible to miss what he is saying, is it? And yet it is so forceful. Ask, seek, knock. These are all commands. And it's commands that comes with the force that this is something that we need to do continually, persistently. And he is bringing it home to us both, both in the kind of words he chooses, in the repetition and in the very form of the, the command. The beauty of Greek is, is that it has a way to tell us something just in the very choice of the structure of the language. And here, the command impresses that it is not something that needs to happen only once, but is something that needs to happen continually. Ask. Keep on asking. Seek. Keep on seeking. Knock. Keep on knocking. And yet, Seeking and knocking has that very persistence in the very words, doesn't it? You don't look for something with disinterest. You seek frantically, don't you? Where is my glasses? That's a new one for me. Now, I don't put them on my head, so I normally don't find them there. But I, I've seen enough people look for their glasses when it's right before them. 
Now that's an innocent thing, but you know how it is when you look for something desperately. And knocking, if you really want entrance, you do it frantically, loud and persistent. And our Savior is here in these commands, calling us to pray. Why? Because He knows, He knows that we are needy. That we don't have anything in life by our own strength and by our own provision. As Paul puts it very simply, you have nothing which you have not received. Prayer in itself is an acknowledgement to the Lord that we live in dependence upon Him and His grace, that I have nothing, absolutely nothing, which I do not receive from His hand. Do you understand and see why prayer is an expression of our thankfulness to the Lord? If you don't pray, it says you don't need God's help. You don't need divine strength, provision, power. You are okay by yourself. That's not the confession we want to make, is it? That's not the confession we want to express. And yet, isn't that so often the reality that we wait for the world for the troubles to really knock us down before we look up and ask for help. But Jesus comes to us and He says, don't wait. You don't need to be in trouble before you pray. Actually, actually, what I want for my children is that they have a constant, perpetual dependence upon their Father. And so I command you to keep praying. Live by prayer. And know that your prayers are important. They are beneficial. Ask, and it will be given to you. You see, our prayers, our Savior promise here, will 
bring into our lives what we need. Now we have to say more about that in a moment. But this is where we need to begin. And just think for a moment. What does prayer say about our view of God? The very fact that we enter into this conversation with God expresses to him that we understand that we have nothing and can do nothing unless he provides. And in that, we glorify him. We acknowledge that we have all that we have from his fatherly hand And our prayer itself is an expression of our deep joy and delight in Him. Now, it doesn't happen automatically, does it? We don't automatically express in prayer this kind of attitude because we can pray with the wrong kind of heart. A heart that demands from the Lord as though He is at our beck and call. They are those who take these commands of Christ and they turn them into ways to manipulate God. But that's a denial. A denial of the heart of prayer. Right there. Because prayer is not, first of all, to bend God to do my will. Prayer is not our way of manipulating God to do what we think is best. No. Prayer is where we come empty-handed into the presence of Him who rules heaven and earth, uphold and sustain all things, and acknowledge that we need what He supplies. But we don't know always what is best, and we are at His wisdom, and disposal. So we come with a servant's heart. And therefore prayer not merely receives things from God, but alters the very way in which we think about life itself. We spoke about the dealing with our sin this morning, and if there's one thing I have learned 
as I have grown in prayer, and especially in confession, is how prayer teaches us to see ourselves better. So often the problem is not the trouble we face, the circumstances we have. The trouble is, is we don't see it rightly. We don't understand how to view things. And it is as we wrestle with our problems in the presence of God that the Lord supplies us with the insight we need so that we know we live in dependence upon Him in His world. And in that, we receive insight wisdom that changes all of our problems without changing anything except the way we view them. You see, you and I need prayer because we don't understand the world as God's world and our problems as gifts from His hand to accomplish His purposes in our lives. We think, and we are prone to think, that this world and this moment and this trouble is all there is. Our world collapses and becomes so small, doesn't it? And we get consumed with ourselves and our own issues. But when we go on our knees in the presence of God, we are reminded that the world is not about me. But my Father rules. And I am but a small, small, insignificant part in His great kingdom. And so we are taught through prayer that there is far greater, more glorious things happening that were, than what we are able to see. Now, We don't need to pray because God needs our prayers. I hope it's clear. We pray because we need prayer. And do you see what a gift God has given us? He says, ask. Seek, knock. Don't make excuses. Don't find and put hindrances in your way to pray. Come. Ask, seek, knock. And see 
and see how I will fulfill and transform your needs and your life. You see, that's something of the adventure of prayer. It leads us to a deeper, richer, fuller understanding of God and His purposes in this world. Now, that means we need to ask and seek and knock in the right way. I've spoken, you know, what the Catechism calls the sincerity of our heart. There's a kind of arrogance uh, that demands of God to do our will. Obviously, that's excluded here because it would deny the very heart and nature of true prayer. We come knowing that we need God's provision, but we come confidently. Notice how Jesus is very quick to underline for us that there is no uncertainty connected to our asking, to our seeking, and to our knocking. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. There is absolutely no question in Jesus' mind that prayer is effective, that prayer works. Now, why is he so certain? Well, he's certain because he knows his Father. We'll see. Well, let's just look because he goes on to tell us about the nature of his Father. Verse 9, Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? You know what he's doing. He's saying, listen, you know, that when your son or your daughter is hungry, you give them food to eat. You don't give them rocks or eels, inedible food. Now, if look what he's doing with this. If you then who are evil, know how to give good gift to your children, how much more will my Father who is in heaven give good, good things to those who ask him? You see Jesus' argument? He says, you do good to your children when you are asked for something. Do you think God is any different? Do you think God 
is a worse father than you are? Never. If you, you who are a sinner in rebellion against God, born in evil, know how to do good, how much more him who is good in himself. He will only ever give us what is good. You see, Jesus knows his Father. He knows the character of his Father. And that's why he promised that if you ask, you will receive because I know my Father. But you know what? We receive not merely because God is good, but also because Jesus himself is now interceding for us in the presence of the Father. The beauty of prayer is not merely that we come into the presence of our Father, but we come into his presence through his Son, his beloved Son, the one who gave his life for us and was faithful to his Father. And Christ takes our prayers and he cleanses them so that we may be assured that through the work of our Savior, our prayers are Heard by the Father. It cannot be ignored by Him. It will not be ignored. Because it comes through Christ. And that's why the writer to the Hebrews, as he reflects on this beautiful work of our Savior, tells us emphatically that we may come boldly Listen to how he puts it again there in chapter 4. For we do not have a sympathizing high priest, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Because our high priest knows what we need, and he is now in the presence of his Father interceding for us. But we don't merely come knowing that our Father is good and will hear us because we come through Christ, but we also have confidence because we are taught to ask and to pray for what we know God will not deny us. How can you and I know that what we ask for 
is truly something that God wants for us. When we pray according to His Word. When we learn, you know how it is with children, they ask for anything. But we have to teach them that some things are not to be asked. We need to teach them what are the kind of things they can ask for. Because not everything can be granted, should be granted. We need to learn to ask rightly. So where do we learn to ask rightly? Here, in this book, is where we learn to ask rightly. When we pray and ask for God what He has promised in His Word, we know we will receive. We talked this morning about the fruit of the Spirit. We read it in Galatians. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The, f- the fruit that God's Spirit works in us. Do you want to grow in love? Do you want to grow in joy? Do you want to grow in peace? Do you want to grow in patience? Who of us don't need patience? Goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Pray. Pray for those things. Ask the Lord to work it into your life. And you can be assured He will not refuse you. John puts it very emphatically in 1 John 5, verse 14, he says... And this is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He is us. If we ask anything that is lining up with the will of God, you can have absolute confidence that God hears you. And when He hears, you have what you have asked for. Verse 15, and if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. What Jesus promised us in this command, in the Sermon on the Mount, is not a blank check for any and everything that may come up into our mind. When my kids ask me something ridiculous, or what I think is ridiculous, they never do, but then I normally respond and say, I would like a Lamborghini. That's what I would like. Now they know already what that means. That's a ridiculous request. Jesus is not giving us permission here to pray for whatever we would like in life. No. 
When he promised that when we ask, we will receive. When we seek, we will find. When he assures us that when we knock, it will be opened. It is because Jesus is here thinking that our requests align with the will of his Father. That we will ask for what God has promised to give us in his word. Now, the Catechism reminds us that in prayer we need to pray for everything we need spiritually and bodily. You see, I have focused and just mentioned those spiritual graces, but God, in His Word, also tells us to pray for our daily bread. That's part of the Lord's Prayer. For that which sustains and makes life possible here on earth, we need to pray for that. We need to pray for our needs. But do you notice that the Lord's Prayer begins with God's kingdom and glory and name before it talks about us and our needs. And so it reminds us that in our prayer we should always have God's interest. That what is important in this world is not what I need, first of all, but is really what God must do. God's work is more important than my work. God's story is the story, not my story and my life. And therefore, his interests must come before my own. We have a long way to go. So many of my prayers begins with what I need, because that's uppermost in my heart. And the Lord's Prayer helps me to be reminded that my priorities are wrong. That my priorities need to alter so that God's kingdom and interests are more, more urgent, more central, more important than my own. And yet my own are not to be ignored. But do you notice that there's one petition that deals with our physical, bodily, human existence here on earth, and two petitions that deals with our spiritual walk here on earth. 
which reminds us that what is most important in our life is not what we do, what we accomplish, what our lives amount to in its outward living in this world, but what is most important is our spiritual progress in this world. That we need to pray that we would resist the evil one and fight against temptation and grow. And we need to exhibit the Lord Jesus Christ in our relationships with others so that we display the riches of His grace. When you ask for these things, you will receive. When you seek these things, you will find them. When you knock, be assured that your good Father will give you the grace and mercy and provisions you need. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that helps us to understand your willingness for us to come into your presence. And we acknowledge tonight that you are more willing for us to be in your presence than we are willing to be there ourselves. That you are more eager to hear us and to answer our prayers than we are eager to ask. So forgive us for our reluctance. Forgive us for all the wrong ways in which we approach you. But we thank you, Lord, that you are a patient and kind Father, that you receive us and you hear us and you come and supply for us all that we need and that you answer our prayers in ways that far exceed all that we have imagined and have asked. Because that's who you are. So teach us to pray and let us live more closely, expectantly. With you we pray. In our Savior's name we ask this. Amen.